What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Life with Julie and Ross podcast. Hey, everyone. Today, we are going to be covering six reasons why you're not seeing results on your fitness journey. So, Ross, I'm going to let you start. Yeah, let's kick it off with a lack of consistency, which kind of sounds pretty obvious, right? But to be successful with any goal, we need to be consistent with the actions that we're putting in. So, making sure that you have like a regular schedule for your nutrition, your exercise, making sure we are sticking to it. Um, so really just making sure that, that there's consistent day in and day out and allowing time for work, you know, allowing time for it to work, sorry. Because, you know, if you think about sometimes you'll get two weeks in, 30 days in and wondering why you perhaps haven't got the amazing results yet because it does really take time and we need to be consistent and think about it as a long-term progress. Yeah, so Ross has kind of jumped the gun with that one because I think that would lean on nicely to unrealistic expectations. So often when people start their fitness journey, they expect to get results in, you know, a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. And when they're not getting those results, it's easy to feel, you know, frustrated, impatient, and then you give up before you even give it time to work. So it is really important that with that consistency, you also understand that there needs to be some patience. And I understand that us starting this podcast off with consistency and patience, you're probably like, oh no, I'm going to turn the podcast off now. I've heard it all before. But the reason why we wanted to start off with these two things is because they are really important. And I cannot stress that enough. It honestly isn't good enough for you to be on track with all your habits Monday through Thursday, and then going off track completely for three days every single week. You will not get the results that you want doing that and if you give up after a couple of days or a couple of weeks or even a month on your fitness journey you'll never get the results that you want so do the work be consistent and be patient and the results will come i think alongside that unsustainable strategies mindset is sometimes we want it all all at once as well like you might want to get really lean while also growing certain muscles like for example girls might be focusing on perhaps you know growing glute muscles but also wanting to get really really lean when we uh, you know like you can't yes you can gain a little bit of muscle as a beginner when you're starting out whilst doing a deficit it's not going to be huge amounts but for most people you're going to need a surplus for muscle gain and uh, um, deficit for fat loss so these are going to be obviously phasic approaches you're going to have to do them at different times so we really need to understand that uh, to I guess to have a sustainable strategy it needs to be a long-term view and and we need to think about I guess blocks throughout the year and how long it's going to take to get there for example like if you need to put on a lot of muscle if you want to put on a lot of muscle say you're a guy and you want to gain sort of 10 kilos of muscle that might take you a couple of, of years of consistency around your training um, maybe more if you're trying to you know if you're trying to gain more muscle than that it's going to take longer and I mean, I'm a classic example. I compete in December and I'm taking a full year out of a calorie deficit to grow. I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm really committed to the gains phase. So um, Ross kind of tied into our next point, which was about committing to unsustainable strategies. So often when someone wants to start their fitness journey, they're very quick to jump on whatever they think is going to get them the quickest results. So, 
Usually that might be a fad diet. It might be eliminating the foods that you love. It might mean that you're going to, you know, do crazy amounts of workouts. Maybe it's seven days in the gym and 20,000 steps instead of just taking a more moderate approach that you could do long term. So before going into some kind of a um, training or a nutrition type program, think, can I do this long term? And long term will look different for everyone. So um, you should be able to do something for at least three to six months in terms of, say, macro counting. It would be really good to get into the habit of tracking your calories, tracking your macros for at least three to six months so you get a good understanding of what you're putting into your body and portion sizes, as opposed to something such as keto diet where you're cutting out carbs. How long realistically are you going to be able to cut out carbs for? Because, I mean, most people won't be able to cut out, you know, carbs. Yeah, totally. I guess also thinking about your time length for whatever your fitness journey is, thinking about, you know, if you're, for, say you're a guy and you're wanting to put on as much muscle as you can, yeah, it might take you four or five years to even get close to the upper level of your genetic potential. So it really doesn't need to be a long-term strategy. Yeah. Um, leading on to our next point, and that's about making sure that your nutrition's on track. Obviously, poor nutrition is a big killer of, of why most people aren't seeing results. It generally comes back to what they're eating. Yeah, so when it comes to nutrition, of course, we've gone over, you know, calorie deficit, a maintenance phase and a build phase or a reverse diet. So I'm not going to go through the basics of, you know, being in a calorie deficit for fat loss, et cetera, et cetera. But it's more about the actual nutrition that you're putting into your body. So, for example, if you are in a calorie deficit, but you're choosing to fill your calories with these highly processed foods that don't leave you feeling satiated, they don't really have any macronutrient value to you, you're going to find it really hard to stick to your calories and you're also going to also going to find that your energy is lacking and you're struggling to adhere to your goals. So this also applies to when you're in a build muscle phase like myself right now. I'm on 2,600 calories, but I'm doing my absolute best not to fill my calories up with a whole lot of processed foods. I eat pretty much, I would say, whole foods 85 to 90% of the time and they've got 10% in that range kind of for a little bit of flexibility but even so it's not like I'm eating chocolate biscuits or chippies or anything every day it's more so whole foods and then you know I might have some extra things they wouldn't usually have on a prep like cheese with my chicken or my favorite bagel bites which I keep having and posting on Instagram too awesome number three it not number three we must be up to like number five or six by now sorry inadequate intensity or volume of exercise so Ross let's talk about your training um, across the week how many times are you in the gym and roughly how many exercises do you do per workout Uh, I train six days a week at the moment it's usually five exercises per workout split depending on what I'm focused on but yeah Volume and intensity plays a huge role in progress for sure, and this is going to depend totally based um, your or where you are with your fitness journey. Like if you're a beginner, you actually don't need that much volume to get pretty good results. Whereas the more advanced you get, the more volume you need essentially. So um, it depends on like it really depends on what you're working towards, what your fitness goal is. But if we're talking about, we often talk about muscle gain, or if we talk about you know bodybuilding stuff, really on on this podcast. So if your goal is muscle gain and you're a beginner, three times a week might be enough for you, um, you know, with quite low volumes. You essentially want to do minimum effective volume. Yeah, 
Definitely. So when it comes to individuals with their training, we're all going to be at different stages of our journey, which means our idea of intensity is going to be different. Like what I class as intense is going to be different to what a beginner classes as intense. So it's really important that you don't compare where you are on your fitness journey or in the gym to anyone else because you don't know their backstory, how long they've been training for, or if they have injuries and things. So really at the end of the day, it's about challenging yourself and doing your best in the gym and with all your other habits outside of the gym. So when it comes to training, if you can't um, increase the weight because you're already reaching a max weight, you might try and mix it up and, you know, take the weight down a little bit and slow down that time under tension. So slowing down the reps, adding in pauses. It might mean that maybe you want to train with a friend once a week so you can help push one another in the gym. It's really about making sure that you're challenging yourself with good form. And I actually had someone reach out to me today saying that, you know, they find the work workouts too easy on the squad and this is something I want to talk about because I think it's really important if you get a program that is weight-based it's personalized to you in terms of the reps and sets and things but you're finding it too easy and it's a weighted workout it means that you're most likely not challenging yourself enough because the workouts that I give you on the Anjuli Fit Squad are designed to challenge you but if it's a you know weight-based program, you actually need to choose a weight that's going to challenge you. There's no point me giving you crazy amounts of reps if you're not going to choose a weight that's you know going to challenge you through that. So when it comes to choosing a weight, you're going to go through your warm-up set. For example, if I was doing squats, I'd warm up honestly with um, body weight, maybe the barbell, maybe 50 kilos for a few reps. And I work my way up to the working set. So if I've got four sets of 10 reps, I'm not just going in and doing 20 kilos for you know, 10 reps, then 30 kilos for 10 and up and up from there because that would be too easy for me. That might be your working weight, but for me personally, I need to warm up and then I might start at 60, 65, 70, 75 or, you know, whatever the weights are. So it's about making sure that you're warmed up properly and then the sets that you're actually doing are your working sets and at a weight that challenges you with good form. Do you have anything to add on that one? Yeah, just on that note with intensity, generally, like if your goal again is muscle gain or if it's you know tone or whatever and you you know you want to train pretty hard if you're finding it too easy it's definitely because of your intensity because most um most working sets should be at that level of eight perhaps nine out of ten towards the end of your training blocks so what that means essentially is that at the end of your working set under form and good control of course of course you should be at the point where you could only do one or two more reps if you absolutely had to. Now, when you take a look at that, if you're not sure whether you're achieving that, film your set. If you film it, you can see how hard you're working. You know, if you think about an eight or a nine out of 10, um, you know, being, being the intensity rate and you're only one or two reps from failure, you should be like absolutely, you know, like it should look really hard. And basically, if it doesn't look like it's that hard for you, it means you're not training at the appropriate intensity levels for what you want to achieve. Of course, under control and form and all that sort of stuff, um, for sure. So um, take a look at that. And and then, the, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, if you're doing a, a, like a set of, um, you know, set of squats, whether you're a beginner or whether you're an advanced athlete, you should still be finding that really hard no matter you, you, where you are because, You've picked the appropriate weights to hit that intensity. Now you look at, you know, I guess like elite powerlifters, 
uh, things like that. Man, like when they're doing their sets, they look like they're working so hard and they're the most advanced people and they're still you know, really struggling under these exercises because they've picked the appropriate weights for uh, for them. So just think about that and think about your own intensity levels. It's not just about doing going through the motions. Like if you do that, you just won't progress at the same same rate. But again, of course, make sure it's safe, make sure it's under good form. And that's another reason why I guess videoing can help too, is just to make sure that your form's on track. But you can check what intensity you're actually doing. Yeah, sometimes I think social media leads people to think that they need to do these crazy wild exercises and workouts where you're jumping in between exercises, you're you know jogging on the spot and going into burpees and doing these really intense um, exercises where you've got to sweat a lot in order to progress, but it's just not the way that it is. In order to progress, like you and I could do the same workouts, but we're going to get different results with training intensity. It's going to vary. So it is really important to make sure that you're challenging yourself and I really like the tip you said Ross about filming yourself as well yeah because you can just tell from how it looks how hard does it look like I'm working if it looks like you're not working at that level of one to two reps from from failure then you can I guess it, moderate it and increase it of course yeah I can assure you when I am working out I'm definitely not smiling in the gym despite what my old Instagram videos used to show okay last one Number six is a lack of sleep and recovery. I am so big on sleep. Ross knows I absolutely love sleep. I am someone that prefers the eight to nine hour range. But Ross, how long do you usually sleep for? Yeah, I mean, we get eight minimum. Um, That's really the goal for me is eight minimum. If I get eight and a half, great. But eight is usually the goal. For an adult, it's seven to nine hours. So you should know what you function best on. You know, for some people, after seven hours, they feel real sprightly and kick out of bed and they're good as gold and others need closer to nine. So <laughs> you're somewhere on that spectrum. Anything less than seven, there is... Like, I was listening to a thing the other day when that, like a sleep sleep researcher talking about sleep and it was something like only 0.001% of the adult population can function properly and, and survive on less sleep than seven hours per night. So it really just highlights that pretty much everybody no matter who you are, should get that as an absolute minimum. Um, so yeah, it helps with growth hormone release, all that sort of recovery, your hormones, balancing for hunger satiety, all that sort of stuff. It's really important. Yeah, so for me on prep, just to give you an idea leading up to my show, I actually aim to increase my sleep to help with recovery and to help with fat loss. So my sleep was kind of around the seven and a half hour mark and then I really pushed to get that up to the eight and a half. And ever since then, to be honest, I've preferred being over eight hours, but I do want to put a disclaimer in here. I know there are quite a few new mums that are following my journey and that might be tuning into the podcast. And in this situation, honestly, it's just going to be a case of doing the best that you can and recognizing that this is a short-term thing hopefully you'll get back to some kind of a good sleep routine later down the track but um just you know do the best that you can and please do not feel bad about not getting enough sleep when you've got to wake up through the night to feed and all of that i know um, a lot of new mums that join the squad can be really hard on themselves with that but yeah you've just got to do the best that you can when it comes to getting asleep with a newborn anything else to add on that ross about sleep, recovery, any of the tips that we shared today? No, but if you do have questions, please feel free to reach out to Anne Julian and we're happy to do a podcast on other questions. We are really enjoying doing these podcasts. So if you learned something from this, please remember to give us a follow on Spotify and don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you in the next one.